Welcome to Mind Love, episode 144. Today's episode is all about boldness in business. The first year of my business, the hardest thing I did was receive new clients um, and get clients. And then for like the next five to seven years of my business, my biggest struggle was around team. Now, I wouldn't have identified that as having trouble receiving, but once I finally got on the other end of it and did enough work on it, I realized it was my programming about I was not good at receiving support. I was not good at receiving my role as a leader. Now what I understand, anything, and everyone knows this, anything that is not working in your life to the level of your desire all comes down to your inability to receive exactly that. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends. First of all, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you're always updated about new episodes. Plus, subscribers and reviews are really, really helpful to me, and it's a really easy way to give back if this content is helpful to you. So I just want to give a shout out to someone who left me a recent review that really touched my heart. Katarina says, I have been listening to this podcast for a few months now. Every single episode has been so unbelievably helpful. The insight Melissa has and the authenticity is palpable. I'm grateful for this podcast, what it's helping me heal, and supporting my growth. I love this podcast. Thank you so much, Melissa. Well, thank you so much, Katerina. It means so much to me to read things like this. So if you're out there and you haven't left a review yet, I would be so appreciative if you did. But of course, sending you all my love either way. And now into the good stuff. If we were to take a look at the number one thing that gets in the way of success, it would be doubt or fear, however you want to look at it. But I think they're one in the same. Think about it. If you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that your work was going to pay off, you would get that shit done. If a little spirit appeared and said, hey, you, that book you've been thinking about, write it. Actually, write it by February and it's gonna become a bestseller, launch your dream career and make you a millionaire. I promise you. What would become your number one priority? Probably writing the damn book. Most likely you'd be willing to lose sleep and make sacrifices and when doubt crept in, you'd be like, nope, apparently I gotta do this. But instead, what happens? We're like, I don't know, is this the best thing I can do with my time? Will people even read it? I'm not that great at writing. If I write it, then what? How do I get a publisher? What if I can't? What if people hate it? What if this was all a waste of time? Eh, I think it's just easier to watch The Bachelorette instead. I'm only using a book as an example, but we do this all the time. If you absolutely trusted that the idea you had would be successful, that alone would be motivation to get started or to take it to the next level. No one likes wasting their time or investing in something that doesn't pay off or feeling like they're failing. But here's the thing. The fact that you have the desire at all is a breadcrumb from your soul that something about that is meant for you. And let me tell you something. You have the power to do it. People with a lot less skill than you have accomplished even greater feats. Henry Ford, Richard Branson, Albert Einstein, they were all dyslexic. They just never gave up. So why not you? The number one thing that sets successful people apart from those who settle is the ability to work through their fear and doubt. 
It's like we have a bunch of versions of ourselves and we decide which one to step into. In reality, I think it's more along the lines of we are limitless beings and we are only held back by the way we perceive ourselves, by what we think our limitations are. That's why learning to push through that fear is so important because every time you succumb to the fear, you reinforce that limitation. Every time you push through it, you expand that limitation just a little or maybe a lot. You build a new self-belief. You prove to yourself that you are more capable than you thought you were yesterday, that you can do something even though it's scary. And you show yourself that usually the payoff is totally worth the push. So that's what we're diving into today. Our guest is Gina DeVee. She went from being a struggling psychotherapist who lived at home with her parents to a globe-trotting entrepreneur. Now she has a multi-million dollar business all about empowering women to live life to the fullest. Three key things we will learn are how to untangle the mixed messages we receive about success, how to let go of the toxic archetypes that hold us back, and how to get really good at receiving. But before we dive in, do you wish you had a little reminder to help you stay aligned each day? Just sign up for the Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational messages right to your inbox. I get messages from people every single day about how the morning mind love is their favorite way to start their day, or that the message that came through is exactly what they needed to hear. It's kind of like your own personal inspiration oracle. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do, like a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to your highest self. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a booklet of my personal power list to help you gain clarity and live each day with intention. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Gina DeVee to the show. I'm so happy to be here, Melissa. Thanks for having me. So I was actually just laying out on my backyard chair. It's my little happy place, <laughs> reading your book the last couple of days. And I love it. And what I love the most is just, I think as women, we have so much pressure on ourselves and it seems like no matter what we're stepping into, somebody has something to say about how we're doing it the wrong way. <laughs> and so there was just so much permission given and not by you necessarily, but showing people how to give it to ourselves. So I want to say thank you for writing it. It's really great. And I want to know your story. How did you come to be a coach that is coaching people into their power? Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Permission granted are two of my favorite words in the English language. Um, you know, I started out, I think, in a way that most of us did. We teach what we want to learn. And I was a struggling psychotherapist. And had a master's degree in clinical psychology and, you know, $75,000 worth of student debt and was always lit up about helping people and helping people transform their lives. But my own circumstances were such a hot mess. Um, and I felt just really embarrassed and really disempowered by it. You know, it's like, on one hand, I was like this, like, hardworking, bright, accomplished, educated, caring person. And on the other hand, I was 30 years old. And I was living at home with my parents in Detroit, with credit cards maxed out and like living off of $24,000 a year. And it's really hard to live a big life if you don't have the financial abundance to do so whatever that number is for anybody. But 
You know, it's more about when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And it's not that I didn't have financial abundance and I wasn't living a big life. It's that I didn't have the, the, the mindset for it. And I didn't think that people like us who are in the transformational space, I don't know. I just, I had this very naive, when I talk about in the book, like this princess approach that if I was just good at what I did, that clients would just come. And I didn't know that thoughts, your thoughts become your reality. I didn't know that you have the power to create reality. I thought like things just happen to you and you, they're either good things or bad things. And then you respond with a good attitude and somehow life is going to be okay. <laughs> and then life became very unokay for me in being broke and struggling and strapped. And I was like watching people on television live their big life. And I'm like, I got to do something different. So geographical cure moved to LA <laughs> the land of the, the beautiful people, they figured something out. And, and that's when I found life coaching. And I uh, started discovering life coaching. And then I fell into internet marketing. And one thing led to another. And I was able to start doing what I'm doing today. One thing that comes up often for me is, so there's two types of people. It's like the, well, often. You see the woman living in her masculine approach that's really doing, 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 and, and they're getting things done and whatever. And then there's the people that are living totally in their feminine. They're really connected to the spiritual. But those people often, especially, I, I don't know, I just know a lot of people who aren't making money from that. But then you learn it's all about alignment. And when you get that in place, the money will come. But that doesn't always happen in the way that people think it is. So what are people missing? Oh my gosh. First of all, it's the most spiritually aligned yet frustrating message out there. Do what you love and the money will come. Well, that never worked out for me. It didn't. And I think that there are plenty of people that that has worked for, but it didn't necessarily work out for me. And one of the things that was really important for me, once I started studying and understanding what was really going on is that we can create our life. And I think I also thought I had to, I had to have all the answers and I had to, to, to figure everything out. And that, I don't know, like I, I was like, like taking too much of a, a chunk out, out of life. And I just started with one thing. Like, I think I, I, I sat there and I was like, well, wait, what would I love to do? And then how could that make money? And how can I put all of me into this one business? And like, it didn't become clear. And I just started and I started with one piece of me and one piece of what I loved and then the rest became more obvious over time. So what I mean by that is I, I start like, I've always loved all things, queen, lifestyle, food, fashion, travel, personal development, spirituality, you know, that's like my smorgasbord. But I didn't start out with all that because I couldn't sell that. And I just, I knew that I had to transform my money story and so I wanted to help people also transform their money story. That wasn't the totality of me, but I picked one lane and I started with that and moved forward with it. And that's how I make money. So when you're doing something like this, I know a lot of people struggle. Well, how am I going to tell somebody else how to transform their money story when that's also the thing that I'm currently working on? It's like they feel like they've got to get to this certain level of income before they teach that. What do you have to say to that? And how do you overcome that type of thought cycle? Such a spot on question, Melissa. So um, I actually did skip a step. My very first class was not exactly, it was not called how to transform your money story. It was called how to create your online empire. So I did not have an empire at the time and I had not transformed my money story at the time, but I did know how to set up all the internet structures you needed to be able to do so. And that to me was enough. 
Because I, in integrity, I had taken the seminars and the classes and gone to the conferences and really, really had studied it. And, you know, when you're starting out, you nobody has gets to talk about their first client until you got your first client. And so that wasn't part of my selling point at the time. My selling point was if you are a service provider and you want to learn how to set up the internet structures to attract clients online and sell your services online, I can show you how to set up those structures. And that is what I did. So you find something that you feel confident that you know, or you're at least a few steps ahead of somebody else, and then go with that. And then you just keep evolving from there. Is that correct? Even a half a step is fine. (laughs) That's such a good point because I think there's so much visibility of everything happening online. And so when you first get into maybe online business, you see the big names. And so those people tend to be the people that you're comparing yourselves against. You're like up there with like Marie Forleo and Jenna Kutcher and all that stuff. And you're like, well, what are they selling? And and I see how they're selling themselves. And man, how am I ever going to stack up? But one thing that I like to encourage people to do whenever you're especially going into something new and what was super helpful for me is I call it honing your circle of influence. And so I do like a full day of research trying to find people that are even just a half a step ahead of me and seeing what they're doing and then seeing people that are aligned with me and and following them online so that I can see, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. And there's just something about not always putting that comparison edge so far ahead of yourself to see that, look, these people are actually flourishing just a half a step ahead of me or just right alongside of me as well. And it can offer a lot of insight into the next step. Yes, exactly. And so speaking of Marie. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says. (laughs) And it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small. And when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? 
It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mindlove today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash mindlove. And so speaking of Marie, you know, you had to remember Marie started out how Marie started out. And Marie and I actually started at a very similar time in a similar space. And it was like back in like 2009, I was hosting an event and I invited Marie to come speak. And she like, I mean, she's always cool, but she, you know, we were just two women starting out at the same time time kind of thing, you know, and she like took the red eye in, I think, and we, whatever, we were just colleagues doing our thing. That would be like me comparing myself to Tony Robbins. It's <laughs> why? Like, that's just ridiculous. Like, you know, I didn't know Tony when he started and he started a long time ahead of me. And so I think it's just really important for everyone to get, like, even Tony Robbins was you know, fat and broke and living on Venice beach in a studio apartment, you know? So you're probably further ahead than him if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the really important thing is the way that I've really gotten success is chunking time down. Like, you know, we all have big dreams. Check. We're all multi-passionate. Check. Those are old stories. What are you going to do and actually do in the next 90 days? And I find that when you get out of too far into future tripping and too much in the past. Like you don't have time to mess around if you only have 90 days to create your next big goal. If it's to get your first client, hit your first 10 K month, whatever it is for you, it's so focused. And then you don't even have time to really even compare. You only have time to ask better questions. Like how can I get that first client? How can I hit the 10 K month? How can I get interviewed on this podcast? Get the book deal, like whatever, lose 20 pounds, whatever your thing is. And you go in it full on. And then my experience was once I got going, I sat down and created my first program. I so I like, I was so proud just to have all the structures up, just to have created all the content. And I sold four people into the program. And I was so proud of myself. Like I wanted six people in the program and I sold four and I thought, well, two of them have sisters. And I told them to invite their sisters for free. And like, boom, there's six people in my first program. And it was like, I wasn't like, but what about the people that have 30,000 people in their brain? Like, you know, I was just so proud of that. And then my goal in the next 90 days was to double it. And that's not actually what happened. You know, the universe has eyes and saw me working. And I got introduced to an influencer, not her whole clan, but a lot of people in her clan. And there were 18 people in the next class. And then the next class had 24. And then I remember the next class had 30. And one person, one person I didn't actually know who they were before they signed up. Like, because I had met everyone through like network meetings and stuff. So that was like an exciting moment. Like, wow, somebody I didn't know who actually was just following me online and signed up. And so, you know, strength grows in increments. And if you are so obsessed with what your next level up level is, and you go and accomplish that, you're going to be really proud. You're going to be making money. And then you're going to take the next step from there. So I know that a lot of people can step into that obsession mode, though, 
And then they forget to take care of themselves or find that alignment and, and they find themselves completely in the masculine. But you talk a lot well, about balancing this masculine and the feminine. So where does that come in for you? Because the amount of people that reach out that are just like, I did the accomplishment thing and then I just got burnt out. And uh, one person in particular I was just speaking to yesterday is so afraid to have that happen again that she can feel herself holding herself back from her next move. So how do you go about balancing those? Okay. I have many issues, but burnout has never been one of them. (laughs) Overworking has never been one of them. You're talking to the queen of divine living here. So it is divine living, not divine working people. Look at any time we are not in tune with our own boundaries. It means that somewhere from a very young age, that natural healthy boundary was ruptured. And so it needs healed. It's not any different with food. You know, if someone feeds themselves too little or too much, you know, that was a a coping mechanism of some sort. That was a blurred boundary that has a root cause. And it needs healed and it deserves to be healed, but it doesn't, you don't need to be in fear of it. Help with it, sure. Awareness, compassion, yes. But I liken business boundaries very, very much the physical. You know, it's like if you work out, you got to be in tune with your body. You got You know, you got, we all know when we've gone and done that workout and you didn't push yourself to the edge and you're like, that was a waste of time. I don't, I don't really feel that like the burn, the sweat, like kind of missed the opportunity here. Cause I was wimping out. And then I think probably a lot of us know that when that time we did push it too hard. And again, I'm an overachiever in some areas, but working out is not one of them. So I'm not sure why I'm using this analogy, but let's just say <laughs> I worked out too hard and pulled something or basically like whatever discomfort, like, you know, it doesn't feel good. Well, you notice that and then you don't do it again. And then you, you start to just find your edge, like what's a really good work. And then some days it's, it's, you have more energy and you feel like doing the extra 200 calories on the treadmill. And then other days you're like, wow, my energy is lower. I'm going to do more of a low impact or I'm only going to do 30 minutes today. And I think the same really goes with business that if you are in tune with yourself and you're really thriving on your passion, there's going to be a lot of fuel there to, that you're going to pour into yourself. So you use that, but you like know when to turn it off. Like you can be pleasurably eating a delicious meal, but then you like are in tune with when you're full. And so that's what I would really encourage people in terms of business. I think women in particular have such a, like you were talking about, we put so much pressure on ourselves and we've created like rules to live by that aren't true. Like I have to work hard for money. So women will be like, I gotta work 18 hours a day for money. Well, that's not actually true. And that's part of the healing process. You know, I always say, if you want the best personal development seminar on the planet, start your own business. And you'll start to see things as a mirror of, I know through hindsight, the biggest money I've made has all, is always the most pleasurable. And usually when I'm working harder than ever, I'm making less money than ever. And so, you know, you start to really get like, I, you know, one of the things I talk about in my book is like, what's the most pleasurable way you can make money? And I say all work and no play makes for a very boring queen. So it's, it's a learning process. I will say this. I used to work eight to eight in my first year of business just because I thought that's what it took. And I kind of had no life and no friends. Um, and then I met my boyfriend, now husband. He was like, computer goes off at six. And I was like, what do you mean computer goes off at six? I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that. And I, I won't get all my work done. And he goes, figure it out. He goes, computer goes off at six. The evening is our time. 
And I was like freaked out. I was like, how am I going to get this done? And I, but I did. So like when I knew that I couldn't work past six o'clock, I started actually being so much more efficient. I would actually get more done by six than I did by eight because I quote unquote had the time. And so I think that as you are more in tune with yourself, your body, your value system, um, mind training, like what actually, you know, when you start to get how powerful you really are, then you become unavailable certain things. Like you become unavailable for overworking. You become unavailable for burnout. You become unavailable to be the one to do it all. And you start to learn the art of delegating. You start to get really great at receiving. Um, and you start to ask better questions. Like how can I accomplish X and maintain my well-being. Right. I find that structure somehow always provides me with the most freedom. And it's like when I'm just trucking on day after day and I've fallen into this pattern a few different times during the lockdown where it's like, well, there's nothing to look forward to going out or whatever. So it was, it was a lot easier to forget some of the structure that I had used to have where I'm like, okay, I'm going into the office until this time and then coming back. And so I'd be really productive for those few hours. And then now we're just here and it's like, well, I have unlimited time and Saturday's been the same the last four Saturdays and whatever. And so it just all spreads out. But then with that, my motivation's lacking and I ended up getting less done in those like three weeks that I let everything slip than in sometimes three days when I'm just a little bit more on top of it. And then it's a cycle because you end up feeling like a failure and you feel like maybe I can't get this done or maybe I'm just a procrastinator. And then you start identifying with just these behavioral things because you haven't created your own boundaries for your own day. Yeah. So I totally hear you and I get it. So I reward myself daily. Like I have, like, I will not work if I don't have like something to look forward to, like very, very pleasure based. Um, I really wish I found more pleasure in hiking and working out and things like that. But my husband and I were doing during lockdown or whenever, like I, I'm a Le Cordon Bleu trained chef. So we love to cook. We love trying new foods. So it's like, I would know like, okay, get whatever done because by, you know, six o'clock or whatever, we're going to like, you know, go out on the back deck, play music, you know, have a cocktail, have dinner. So like we would find things that we would genuinely look forward to. You know, one of the things we're looking forward to right now, he's got a motorcycle and like, we can't really, I guess we could, but we're not flying places right now. So we're going to go on a motorcycle ride and we're going to like go visit our friends in Boise, Idaho. And it's like, I've got that to look forward to. And so I'm not going to be in the office on Friday. So I got to get more done in less time, but I'm like super excited about it. I was not an online shopper before the pandemic and I have found a new outlet for passion and pleasure. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go like do this. And I'm going to reward myself with this outfit. So not everybody is lit up by food and fashion the way I am, but you got to know what you are and then treat yourself. And I like love a reward system. And I'm talking like on a daily basis, like it's like, what's your reward to take a nap, to delegate something like, like what's going to just bring you joy. And sometimes it's the little things in life that actually do just that. Right. I used to have, <laughs> for a while, I was like working at this little wine bar coffee shop down the street. And I was like, okay, if I get everything done by four o'clock, I can have a Prosecco at happy hour. <laughs> and then I just found myself, I'm like, I've had a Prosecco every day. I don't really need a Prosecco. So now I'm making 
these really delicious mocktails and like I ordered a really fancy CBD that I put in it and like I put mint leaves and it's like a whole process and there's so much with that because it's like nourishing to my body. I get excited to do it. It happens at a certain time and I've got to get certain things done before it happens. And so I totally am all about the reward system and really being intentional about tracking your progress and celebrating those little wins and like writing those down. Because I think a lot of times we don't even see the progress that we've made until we intentionally focus on them and write them down and track them or measure them in some way. And then we can look back and be like, oh, I actually have moved forward (laughs) in the last three months and not just gotten lost in the work. Yeah, totally. And, you know, part of the power of the feminine is the intuition. You know, your intuition will guide you. It was interesting. I I actually did work out today and I came back from my workout and I was just sitting there thinking like our, our team, I'm so blessed. I've got such a rock star team and we just did this epic challenge and it went so well. And we like, you know, basically exceeded our goals and expectations and which is awesome. And then I, I looked at it, it's like, okay, well, depending on when you're listening to this, but like coming up this, uh, the Friday of Memorial or of 4th of July weekend, we've given the team that day off. And then I was just like, you know what? It's not often a good time to take days off in our industry in general and certainly in our team because we've always got like the next launch and the next and the next and the next. Um, so, you know, whenever you see like those vacation requests come in, you're like, oh, where is that? Because like we're a small team. We need everyone. And I was just I felt intuitively. I was like, you know, we gave everyone Friday off. But like, do they really need to come back to work on Monday? And at first my husband was like, yeah, because he's like the empowered masculine, like structure, routine. <laughs> he's like, yeah, everybody's working on Monday. And I was like, but why? You know, like there's like, there was times during the challenge, we needed people to work on Saturday and Sunday, you know, like it was like, that was launched. Like, do we really need people to work on that Monday? And he goes, well, I guess not. Like, we're not in a launch. Our fulfillment, like, you know, we're good. And so it's like, then give everyone Monday off also. It's like, you know, the emails are filing in. Like, oh my God, thanks. Like, you know, it's like, so it's like, I think that when you're really in tune, you just like, we do follow a work hard, play hard system over here. You know, when you're in a launch, like you don't get to take Saturday and Sunday off. You know, you got to look and see like what's happening and it's all hands on deck, but then look for the times when, you know, it's Wednesday at two o'clock and you can shut down the computer or take a Friday or a Monday. Like, you know, Evan, you're going to be so much more charged and so much more productive and, you know, so much happier too. It just, it's not about all work. It reminds me of something you said in your book where it's like the structure allows me the room to play because then I don't have to feel guilty about it or bring in all this other stuff. And you said something in your book about how the masculine was is the glass while the feminine's the water. And so you need the glass, you need the masculine to hold in the water to nourish the drinker. And I just love that. It reminded me of a, another analogy I heard about how the masculine is like the rock and the woman is the waves crashing on the rock or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Anything that really makes women feel or sound wild and free, I just really love. And I'm like, yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> the fierce, wild feminine. Of course, yes. The masculine is always in service to the feminine. And society has flipped that around and we see the imbalance and we see the adrenal blowout and we see you know, all the ways that it affects women's lives, bodies, passion, intuition, all of it. And so when you use structure to be in service to the feminine, which is the vision, you can start your business 
to have a job. You didn't start your business to work all the time. You created it for time and money freedom. So where is that? One thing you talk about a lot that I love was the inner archetypes and how there's these uh-huh. different toxic archetypes that might be holding you back. And what I love about this is I've always just seen these like different fragments of my personality. And when I'm looking back to my 20s, a lot of times the problem would be that I was identifying too much with one or just thinking I was that thing. And what I've learned over time is that I'm like this wild, multifaceted being that can be all of those things. And so now I use it more as tools where I'm like, what do I need to step into? What am I stepping into too much? So talk about the archetypes and how they help us. Sure. Such a fun uh, topic. So archetypes, the way I use it in my book anyways, we've got queen, which is basically the best version of yourself, whatever that is, whatever your style is, whatever that looks like. And then there is there's the lower level archetypes that keep us out of our queenhood, that keep us out of our power and our greatness. And so they range everything from there's Little Miss Perfect, who's a very popular one, who keeps you stuck in paralysis because you're so afraid of what other people are going to say and trying to get everyone's approval. There's the defeatist who's always comparing herself to others and like, oh, I can never have that because so-and-so has that. There's the martyr, there's the bitch that I don't think they need any definition there. Um, oh, the paranoid gangster is one of my favorites. That's, yep, yeah, there's, um, that one's always like assuming and assuming the worst and assuming everyone's like got out for you or is trying to get something from you. There's the sweet talker. So anyways, there's all these archetypes that basically are just putting names and characters to what we were taught when we were young. And when we were young, we learned that there were certain rules that would have us be safe, have us be loved, have us get in trouble, have, you know, mom or dad upset or withdraw love and or safety or whatever. And so because this programming, basically called conditioning, this programming set in from a very young age, it's very unconscious in us. Like most of us like grow up as adults and we're like, yeah, like we think that we should be able to make money, have a good life and um, we're good workers and all that. And then we see how uncomfortable it is to receive money or how uncomfortable it is to receive support or how unclear we are on what we want to do. And all of those boil down to what I talk about in the book. It's called the injured feminine instinct. And ultimately at the end end of the day, femininity is about receiving and masculinity is about giving. And so to the degree that we are unable to, or uncomfortable even to receive a compliment, money, self-worth, recognition, visibility, any of it, it comes down to the injured feminine instinct. And so usually just to play around with humanity, I gave them archetypes and characterizations to show who's running the show. And then once you see that little Miss Perfect is in charge, and that's why you've redone that video 17 times and can't even post it now because the lighting has changed and the sun has set, that you actually get to be the queen and give yourself permission to say this video is enough. I just think there's something so powerful about naming something because then it doesn't have to be like, oh, this is me. This is Melissa. This is that version of me. This is me being Little Miss Princess or whatever it is. And it's just like, 
the moment you do that, you can just be like, oh, I'm not going to let her run the show. Like, is that who I want to be? And we have more choice than we really think that we do. And so the less we identify with our patterns, the greater the chance we have to actually break those patterns and consciously rebuild new ones. So I think that's really powerful. But a lot of the struggles that women have is around this idea of receiving. So Mm -hmm. do you have any tips to get better at receiving? Because I mean, it's interesting. I've noticed I am great at receiving certain things, but other things, not so much at all. And it's like, and so sometimes we don't even really realize we have this problem until one specific thing triggers it. Yes, yes, yes. And then there's different levels of receiving, right? You're like, well, you'll let yourself receive a certain amount of money or a certain amount of love or attention. But then when it the, it goes to the next level, you're like, well, well, maybe that's too much. So getting great at receiving, first of all, be compassionate with yourself because it's a process. You know, look, at if you're not comfortable with receiving on any certain level or any particular subject matter, it means there's a wound, because that's not the way the universe really designed for us to play. The universe designed for us to live in abundance in every area of our life. Health, love, finances, community, average, all of it, self-worth, confidence, everything. So that means there's a wound. And just like if there was like a wound on your arm, you're not going to like beat it around. You're not going to be rough with it. You're going to be gentle. You're going to be nurturing and you're going to be proactive about it. I think that the first piece around receiving is actually what you've talked about is to notice the areas where it is sticky or where it's lacking or where it's really uncomfortable or even unfamiliar. And this conversation might be like, well, I don't know, I'm good at receiving. But what I found is um, the first year of my business, the hardest thing I did was receive new clients and get clients. And then for like the next, oh goodness, I'd have to count, but probably next five to seven years of my business, my biggest struggle was around team. Now I wouldn't have identified that as having trouble receiving, but once I finally got on the other end of it and did enough work on it, I realized it was my programming about, I was not good at receiving support. I was not good at receiving my role as a leader. You know, and there's so there's so many components wrapped up in it because now now what I understand anything and everyone knows that anything that is not working in your life to the level of your desire all comes down to your inability to receive exactly that. So basically, the answer to everything is getting great at receiving in those specific areas. And so I think the first piece is to become aware. Uh, and don't take on too many at once. Like, like focus on one and like start to get great at receiving that, you know, and strength grows in increments, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then to really focus on your power to receive, you know, the uh, spiritual scriptures also say, you know, and the weak will become strong. And that means the weak areas in your life. So as broken and as not good at receiving money as I used to be, you know, I don't want to say the pendulum has swung, but like, you know, I really focused on healing that area and now making money is fun and it's pleasurable and it's joyful and it's still a journey. I haven't like arrived yet, but it's it's also become one of the stronger areas in my life. And so it can be very vulnerable um, to look at like, oh, it almost even embarrassing. Like, why can't I receive a compliment? Why can't I receive my next client, whatever it is, you'll get there. And I think that by giving it awareness and giving it love and then 
you will know the right next steps for whatever that those specifics are. I know there's a lot of people that are reconsidering their life path right now because of all the shifts in the world. So those that are already online, they're like, okay, thank God I got a head start, but now there's about to be more competition. And other people are like, okay, how can I finally move my business online or start something completely new? And there's something about that first step. You had talked about, you, well, you figured out these are the things that I can do. But when we've all now, most of us have been sold something online, uh, some sort of program. I have been sold a ton of them. And you see these processes with people and they've got uh, all these things they accomplished and they've got all these beautiful testimonials. And so somebody that's just starting out, that's trying to follow this process, they're like, well, I don't have testimonials. How do you get around things like that, that are just the logistics, but that can be a legitimate fear of moving forward? It's only legitimate if you think you need a testimonial to get your next client. And so, you know, so much about being a queen is understanding that spirituality is your superpower. And if you are here on this planet, I'm going to go spiritual for a hot second here, if that's all right. If If you're here on this planet, you're here for a reason. If the desire in your heart is to start a business and you're here on this planet, then your business is needed and for a reason. And if you're exactly where you need to be, according to spiritual law, so if you needed to be somewhere else, you would. And if you are here without having your first client yet, but have a desire to start a business, you know, God, spirit, universe, higher power source, whatever you want to call it, is not up there like, yeah, I really see your point. You know, my hands are tied. I see you want to start this. You don't have it. Testimonial. It's <laughs> not the way spirit works, um, and it's not how nobody got their first client because they had a testimonial. So I would first start by putting, being conscious of where you put your power, and put your power in. You deserve to be here, and you have a desire, and you're meant to be of service in some way. And whoever your first client is meant to be apparently doesn't need a testimonial from an existing paying client because that doesn't exist and you are not, you know, stuck. So that's that. That's on on the spiritual level. Like give yourself permission to be enough who you are right now. That's that. On a practical level, so that's the feminine. On a masculine practical level, go do whatever it is you do for free and get a testimonial. You know, like, I, like I, you know, when I first started, I think I went and went up to three people and said, I need some testimonials. Can I coach you for free? And if, and if you're happy with it in exchange for a testimonial, when I done like programs, but I even like today, I actually, I launched a new program last week. I didn't have testimonials for it because it was a new program. I didn't have a testimony for that program. I had testimonials from other stuff. So I got clients from other programs. So I think that really where there's a will, there's a way. But don't get too caught up on the stuff that doesn't matter. People are like, what should my title be? It doesn't matter. Do you know what my title is? Like, and these are people that have paid me five figures to be in my program, and they don't even know what my title is. So don't make things, don't make business decisions from just from the neck up. Like that's like squeezing the life out of it. Um, go be passionate, go be of service, make that your focus and you'll get your first and next hundred clients. What I found too is that mindset shift is so important, not just for that one step ahead of you, but because it'll carry through to every single other step. And what I found, for example, in the past, what I used to do is I'd, I'd get focused on a goal and everything would have to be perfect. Or I'd be like, for example, 
starting the podcast. So there was a brief moment. I actually did much better than I had ever done in the past of getting this thing launched because I had connected to my why more than I ever had, this bigger picture. But I still had old patterns creep up at different times. For example, writing the description for some reason, I was just like, oh my gosh. And so I was like trying to find specific courses on writing the description. I needed the domain name to be perfect. I needed the the name to be perfect. And what I found is that until I consciously realized what I was doing, I had to let go of that. And then all of a sudden everything else flowed. But before that, I was focused on getting it perfect. So every single step was following that same outline. (laughs) So like if I wouldn't have realized that needed to shift, who knows if I ever would have even launched? Who knows if I would have ever gotten my third episode out? Because everything was a struggle instead of just letting it come and flow. And I think that uh, even looking back now, I've done a good amount of podcasts consulting uh, calls and people get caught up on the same things. And they're like, but the description has just been eluding me all week long. And I'm like, here's the thing. Your description actually doesn't matter all that much. You can change it every single day for the life of your podcast if you want. Same with content on your website. Same with most of the steps. You can always redo as you get it going, but you just have to get it out there. (laughs) If you know what I mean. And you know what's interesting? I bet in all those podcast consultations about people freaking out about what their description is, were any of them men? (laughs) One of them, actually, but a little bit. He wasn't that worried about it. It wasn't stopping him, but he had a lot of questions (laughs) about it. Yeah, like I just can't even imagine my husband being like, well, I'm scared to get my podcast out there because the description, like, like this is a thing that women do to ourselves and each other that hold ourselves back. That it's a game that the men don't play. I mean, you know, my husband, I'd be like, there's spelling errors. He'd be like, good, leave it. Like, you know, I mean, like guys are just like, whatever, do it, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I think that there's, you know, within men and women, there is masculine feminine energy. And I think that there is, I'm not talking about sloppy work per se, but I think that there is this, it's part of, some of it is part of where the audacity comes from to be a queen of give yourself permission to know what actually matters to people. You know, it's like, what matters? Probably a referral matters more for a podcast than a description. I mean, don't we listen to people's podcasts because, oh, meet my friend so-and-so, or I was just listening to this podcast. You should check this out. Like, you know, go and do good work in the world. I've never met anybody that's like, you know, I read this podcast description and that's what made me like, <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, so true. Done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. And women haven't quite gotten that yet. Guys give themselves permission for that all the time. And it's, it's time for us to start. I mean, it's interesting because I, it, when you were saying those things, I was having this visual of it's the same way we like get out of bed and go into the world. Like (laughs) so many times women are like, hold on, I've got to fix my face and do my hair and blah, blah, blah. And men like roll out of bed, they get dressed, they walk out. It's like, oh, the ease at your life right now. (laughs) And that we could have too, because says who? Exactly. I know. I've definitely stepped into that in the last couple of years, but well, thank you so much for everything you shared. Uh, It's just I've been wanting an episode that really just gets down to the nitty gritty of, of getting started and launching with that boldness that you have. So is there anything else that you just feel like is really important for listeners to know? Oh, yes. So if you think that you can plan everything out for a launch, we would call that the naive princess. 
of which you are not. You are a queen. And so do not think like I do things just to learn what I don't know. And so, and that's the cool thing about launches of any kind. Like you're only going to get great at doing them by doing them. Trust, trust, trust. They're like, I've been doing this work 15 years now and I just, I can't even count how many programs, products of every nature from $7 info product to $100,000 private package and everything in between. So you would think that I would like kind of quote unquote know what I'm doing. And I, most of you can believe that I actually just launched my first challenge a couple weeks ago. And here's what I did know. I knew that I was going to learn. I knew that I was going to learn all kinds of things for how to do my next challenge. And yes, I didn't just wing it. Like I prepared myself and my team as much as I knew to do, but you will never, you'll, you'll never get to where you want to go and you will never have all the information until you do it. So you, of all the women out there are thinking like they got to think of everything and they got to have all their ducks in a row. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. But I'll tell you what does exist experience. So go get yourself experience fail forward, have fun with it, um, and let yourself be human. You know, I think the other thing too is you see women that are really comfortable with their imperfections. You know, the thing that I said at the beginning of my challenge was I thanked everyone for being there. And I said, thank you so much. This is my first challenge and I'm so excited to serve you and pour into you and share the content that I've got for you. And I'm really open to your feedback. I, you know, there's so many things that I'm going to learn this week right alongside with you. So let me know how it's going for you and what suggestions you've got for me. I mean, women are really generous and be bitchy too, but they're in general, they're really generous about like, Hey, let's like, Hey, this is what I love or here's what else you could do. And so I find there's a lot of freedom and transparency and just outing yourself. Like I wasn't like, Oh geez, all my colleagues have been doing challenges for years. I got to make it look like I know what I'm doing here. I didn't. And I just said it. And it was like, it was so fun and so playful. And it was just a really great experience. So people are going to feel it if you are wound up so tight and scared of your own launch, or if you are just letting yourself be in that wild, fierce, free, feminine dance of the creative vortex of a launch. Well, for listeners who want to read your new book or connect with you on, online and work with you in some other way, where's the best place for them to connect with you? Uh, thanks, Melissa. Come on over to divineliving.com. It's D-I-V-I-N-E, divineliving.com forward slash book. We'll get you the book in hardcover, Kindle, or audio. And if you want to check out more of this whole queen concept and archetypes and what's this whole feminine thing, you can go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity. It is my free companion course for the book. You don't even have to buy the book to get it, but I do recommend the book, but you don't have to buy the book. Come on over. Um, there's free videos, workbooks, templates. There's a Facebook group and we'll just love you up and kind of welcome you in um, for you to take your journey into queenhood, whatever that looks like for you. So you can check it out at divineliving.com forward slash audacity or follow me on Instagram at Gina Devine. All of the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 144. So here's your challenge for this week. I challenge you to really be honest about where you're holding yourself back. Acknowledge those fears and those doubts that are keeping you from moving forward. I know it can be scary to do. Sometimes they're lurking underneath the surface and we don't even know that they're subconsciously driving our lives. So bringing them to the forefront is the first step to actually transforming them. 
Next, I challenge you to map out a version of yourself that can get all of this stuff done. What is that version of you, or I should say, who is that version of you that is accomplishing all of your dreams? What are her characteristics? What are her traits? How do people describe her? Give her a name even. Beyonce does it. Her higher version of herself is Sasha Fierce, and that's who she steps into every time she steps on that stage. Sometimes we've entangled so much doubt in the way we see ourselves that it's difficult to think, yeah, Melissa, you can do that thing. You can do that really hard thing that you've never done before. But if I've outlined a version of me, let's call her Mo, Mo that isn't lazy, that always gets her stuff done, Mo that prioritizes the big things in life, has long-term goals, that has no fear and steps onto that stage or launches that product, then sometimes I can just think about Mo and step into that version of her. So create that for yourself. Do whatever it takes. The more details that you build around this person, this version of you, the easier it is to step into them. And let me know how it goes. Reach out and let me know the name of your power archetype at mindlovemelissa on Instagram. And if you do, most likely I'll send you a voice note back. So thank you for everyone who reached out to me this week. It's been so much fun interacting with you all. Thank you so much for those of you who took the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen to this on CastBox or Spotify or Pandora, if you could do me a favor and just launch the Apple Podcasts app on your phone or on your computer, subscribe, leave a five-star review. Wow, you do not know how helpful that would be to me. Right now, it's more important than ever that I continue to grow the show, so I'll be doing some efforts to get that done. I have a baby coming, so I've got to make sure all my ducks are in a row, and I've got income coming in when I take a little bit of time off. And don't worry, I plan on taking time off in a way that you don't know I'm taking time off. So (laughs) that means I'm working really, really hard right now. So for those of you who have supported me by joining the membership, I am so, so grateful for you. I've opened up the inner circle again. You can also get twice the episodes at mindlove.com slash premium. So if you haven't yet and you love this show, please consider supporting there. It helps so, so much. Otherwise, thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 